Welcome to the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy. Uh, yes, I am Alfie, your host. Uh, I'm ready to go. Alongside me, well, uh, well, Nathan is in Florida, and the Secret Journalist isn't back until next week. It's just me, or is it? No, that's right, because on the phone right now, I have Top Marks, a.k.a. Will. Hello, Will. Hello, Alfie. Thank How are you? you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you. I'm fine, thank you. Uh, are you back in England now? I am. I have returned from uh, the Canary Islands, and I, I was at uh, a football match last night, um, finally watching Spurs win a game. Well, yeah, apparently they did, didn't they? We, I did. Well, we, will, um, we will talk about that, actually, later on the show. Um, but what we're going to do right now, as you can probably guess, we're going to talk about what's coming up on the show today. Hooray! So part one, we have the Game Week 9 review, looking at FPL draft and fan tracks, and I'll be asking Will, just Will here, the quiz question. Part two is FPL success story, bowstring the carp, aka Matt, who will be using his experience uh, to answer your questions in tactics truck. Before that, I, of course, chat to uh, Tommy Gunn about his draft demise. Part three, we'll look ahead to Game Week 10 fixtures as we bring the changes to our podcast FPL team and hear from FPL content creator, FPL Nymphra, who has the trending transfers. And part four is the clean sheet forecast, notable players, and the answer to a quiz question. Uh, but there's no beer recommendation because Nathan's not here. So yes, Will, it's just you and I, and that means that the quiz question uh, rely, is laying firmly on your shoulders. Are you really? right? Yeah. <laughs> you'll, like, you'll like this one. You'll like this Great. one. Great. Go for it. There are currently three managers in the Premier League aged 52 years. And I want you to name them. Wonderful. Thanks, right. Alfie. Good. Great. Yeah, thanks. Get, get writing down on the old pen. Do you, do you want me to give you a quiz question? No, no, it's fine. All right, okay. <laughs> Save that. <laughs> uh, before we do anything else, let's do the Game Week 9 roundup. Look how far we've come. Watford are outdone not once but twice by some seriously poor officiating as some Del Boy action leaves them looking for their first win. Frank Lampard's Frank Lampard's Chelsea proved too much and too solid for Steve Bruce's portfolio of long staffs. Good heavens! Burnley trip on a Johnny, meaning they're defeated 2-1 by Brendan's Foxes. Wolves score three but draw 1-1 with Southampton. City play with zero defenders and still beat Palace. Aaron Moy proves to be the real villain in Brighton's narrow defeat to the villains. Ollie sets up like a mid-table side and nicks a point off league leaders with Paul. And Bournemouth and Norwich play our 10 goal thriller. Oh, oh no, wait, it was nil nil, wasn't it? Six clean sheets this week. Yeah, six. Sheffield United, Man City, Bournemouth, Norwich, Everton, Chelsea. The assist king was Harvey Barnes with two, although one of those was very lucky. Assisting defenders, Daryl Yanma, Andy Robertson, Jill Byrne, Matt Doherty, and Jack O'Connell. Goal-scoring defenders this week, Alonso, target, Matt Target on target. He's on target. Yep. Adam Webster, uh, red cards, Aaron Moy. This week's top performing players across FPL and draft, Alonso, Grealish, Daryl Yamat. And on fan tracks, it's Grealish. Jesus. And Target. Who's on Target? He's on Target. Oh. Oh. 
Um, some stats for you now. Stats before Saturday's 0-0 draw. Bournemouth and Norwich were the only Premier League sides yet to keep a clean sheet this season. Wow. Another stat for you. Six of Dwight McNeil's eight Premier League assists have been provided for Chris Wood. And another stat. Manchester United have not lost a league home game after leading at halftime since May 1984. That's a great book. Incredible stats, eh, Will? Great stats, Alfie. You've done your research well. (laughs) Considering I've got a cold slash chest infection, I'm doing all right, aren't I, so far? I think you're doing wonderfully. You're amazing. (laughs) That's just for effect, that cough. This week's top performing players in four on FPL and Draft, the goalkeepers, Jordan Pitford leads the charge ahead of a whole host of goalkeepers locked on six points. Uh, Defence, Alonso, Yanmat, who got lucky with a clean sheet bonus by being subbed early, and O'Connell. Midfields, Grealish, Barnes and De Silva. Forwards, uh, Rashford, Ings and Vardy. Fan tracks, uh, Slam, goalkeepers are basically the same. Defenders, Target and Cancelo, or Cancelo, lead Alonso. Midfield, the only difference here is gross in for De Silva. And the forwards, Jesus and Hudson Adoy leading us into temptation. Uh, the form players for the past five weeks is average points, not including bonus points. Uh, Sadia Mane is still up there, but now being rivaled by B Silver, B Silver. Hmm. Uh, the things we learned from game week nine, Will. Hmm. I tell you what I learned never leave Decore on your FPL bench. I mean, I'm amazed Decore is somewhere near your FPL team, but um, well, it's actually yes. te- technically my draft team, but yeah. Oh right, okay, okay. Well, then that probably that explains it. Um, <laughs> that's a great lesson to have learned, Alfie. Congratulations! <laughs> yes, I'll be writing that one down. Uh, I, well, I have more wisdom for you if great. you're if you're up for that. Um, pe- another thing I learned: Pepe will be playing yeah. for Bournemouth in a year. <laughs> it's got oh, yes. Open. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, Bournemouth or Everton, where all the Arsenal players seem to end up, isn't it? Yes, it's true, actually, yeah. Uh, VAR is rubbish, obviously. Those two Spur, uh, those two decisions in the Spur games were, let's face it, atrocious. I know they went for you, but come on, let's face it. Yeah, no, it was fair. definitely a penalty. It's weird how... It, they kind of what they've done is this odd thing of like they don't they want to call clear and obvious errors, but at the same time, they don't want to undermine the referee. And the contradiction is, well... By not giving the referee the opportunity to go to the screen and look at it, they're always going to undermine the referee because if it was clear and obvious, if it was clear and obvious, the referee would spot it yeah. and it would need to go to VAR. So we go to all these ridiculous decisions and it's never going to be overturned unless there's a handball, which is kind of something they can't spot. The thing is, the referee will, will still be making a decision. So you just say, I'll look at the screen, it's still my decision. It's still his interpretation. So Exactly. That's when it works. Because then the referee can't, he's not undermining himself. He's going, oh yeah, I didn't see it from that angle. You know, it's like, yeah. And then it would work if you went to the screen and had a look. Because if you'd gone to the screen and had a look, that was a clear penalty on Delefeo. And There's about the three clear penalties on him. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, nothing I learned from game week nine. Man United... Uh, now nothing more than a plucky lower table team who might scrape a draw against a big club. It's like They're much like Newcastle now, I think. Well, they were the first team to stop Liverpool winning this season, so they've done something right. Uh, what did you learn this game week? Uh, I learned that you just can't seem to get anything right. Um, I can't trust the fixtures. I mean, as you've pointed out, Bournemouth and, and Norwich, we expected goals in that game. <laughs> yeah. Nil-nil? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
I brought in uh, Rico and Callum Wilson, and I decided to start Rico thinking, well, I don't really want him for his clean, you know, his clean sheet potential. That'll just be a, that'll just be, a, you know, there's no chance of that happening. Uh, and then he gets me eight points, which is great, but. I put him in for his assist potential. He's supposed to be taking corners, flying through balls to Callum Wilson, who's going to score lots of goals, and uh, and it didn't happen. Um, yeah, I know. So what did L- I learn? lots of people went big on the Bournemouth thing, didn't they? Yeah, it was it was absolutely. And and now I'm kind of thinking, oh, hindsight, Captain Hindsight kicks in, and you're kind of like, oh, I wish I got for Jamie Vardy instead of Callum Wilson. But there you, you go. can't play that game. You can't play that. That's, that's dangerous. No, that's it's a dangerous, dangerous. path. Let's, so we talk about FPL then. Um, because like you said, you gambled on the Bournemouth win by making two... You made two transfers, didn't you? You bought in... Uh, I did. I had two free transfers. Wilson and Rico coming in for Maguire and Pookie. Yes. Um, which, it, although I looked at this, Will, it was still a good decision because the Bournemouth boys earned you 10 points versus Maguire and Pookie's measly three. And you didn't have a penalty because you had two transfers in the bank. So it was still a good decision. There's a net gain of seven points. Yeah. Uh, but your total score of uh, was uh, 34. Yes. Below the average of 37. Yeah, thanks, Alfie. Thanks, yes. <laughs> it was below the average of 37. Um, Aguero not playing. I mean, it's this whole thing of pep rotation. And I know that it's the giant risk. Um, that I've got three city attackers in Aguero, Sterling and De Bruyne. And I, you kind of expect one of them will miss out. It's a joy if all three are ever on the pitch at the same time. But there's such big point scoring potential. I mean, we saw last night, you know, this is, this is when FPL is just torturous. Sterling gets a hat-trick and Aguero gets two goals. Why couldn't that have been against yeah, Crystal Palace at the weekend? You know, suddenly I'd be sitting here going, oh, Alfie, I'm a genius. I've got all these amazing players and they're scoring so many points. That's where it's frustrating. What will happen next weekend? It's a home match. So hopefully Aguero plays. He tends to play the home matches. Um, so maybe he'll get, you know, maybe can we get a repeat? Can they just do what they did last night yeah. again, please? Because yeah, um, um, Sterling got an assist as well, didn't he? You got a hat trick. Oh, right. So you, you have something like a 26 point haul or something, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Um, uh, yeah. Never mind, mate. Never mind. That is, that's always going to be the way of football. Um, I heard that actually Aguero had a, a minor car crash. That's why he was left out. I, I think that's his second one in two years, to be honest. That, it is, yeah. I, I don't think, I don't know if that's why he was left out. I heard, you see, Pep also said, this, see, this is the huge, this is, this is where Pep is so incredibly wonderful and just unique. Um, so we all followed the logic that Aguero was rested over the international break and that that was a good sign because, you know, Jesus with Brazil and, and you know, he, Aguero would be the chosen striker for Crystal Palace. Pep then comes out and says, actually, it's a bad thing because Aguero lost his rhythm and Jesus was in the rhythm having played the international matches. And you're just, you know, that just goes against all the logic FPL managers employ when deciding who to pick players after an international break. Um, so he's thrown a spanner in the works again. He's just, we, we will never be able to predict Pep. Never, never try and predict Pep. Never do it. It's insane. Anyway, uh, talk about other t- players in your team. Uh, you left Tamori and Lundstrom on the bench. Ouch. Yeah, well, I went for uh, uh, a Leicester clean sheet that didn't happen. I felt Newcastle could nick a goal at Chelsea. It didn't happen. I, it's only their second clean sheet of the season. Mm. Um, mm. And Lundstrom, well, that was a surprise. I uh, obviously delighted that Arsenal lost, but I didn't expect uh, Sheffield United to keep a clean sheet there either. Um 
yeah so it's football it's all full of surprises Um, so bringing it now to our podcast fpl team we only did marginally better uh, 42 right. points uh, not bad yeah that's not too bad we didn't make any transfers we captain Sterling yeah um, good choice yeah in theory good cho- well yeah. it, actually as it turned out we could have only maxed out a bit more if we captain Robertson or um, or if we transferred Enrico like I suggested but I was talked out of that by Nathan uh, yeah no I really like your Robertson pick I think um, we well, sound only one point behind Trent and you've got the, you've got the Liverpool double up there they've both got three assists for the season already and uh, hopefully the clean sheets will follow soon yeah well I've gone uh, double Liverpool defenders haven't I great good choice and I guess you're hoping they're going to get 21 clean sheets like they did last year I'm <laughs> yeah. not quite sure that's going to happen but um, but you never know that was that was an incredible total they did last season they did very well yeah well look the thinking behind people always say do I want I want People, people always gravitate towards forwards, right? Yeah. But the way I see it is you can fit more defenders in your team. Uh, if a defender gets 20 clean sheets a season, a clean sheet is worth the same amount as a goal. So, and a defender who keeps 20 clean sheets will cost about 7 mil, right? 6 to 7 mil. Plus they get assists on top of those two will at least. Whereas a striker will who gets 20 goals a season, will we you talk about 9 million. So you yeah. save money there. Um uh, no, it's not foolproof because you're you're thinking the other way, aren't you? In terms of explosive, nature. yeah, exactly. I mean, the diff- the difference in uh, fantasy as opposed to draft is uh, is captaincy. Um, because one thing that can't happen is Liverpool can't keep three clean sheets in a game, whereas you know Aguero can get three goals mm. in a game. And if you put the armband on him as well, so you're doubling his points, that's really where it makes a big difference. And if you look at the end of the season, um, captaincy will account for about 25% of your total score. So it really does make a difference in the fantasy version of the game. And the other way to look at it is, yes, you're, you know, Liverpool getting 21 clean sheets last season is magnificent. But let's look at it this season. You know, last season, Chelsea got 16 clean sheets. If Chelsea gets 16 clean sheets and we've got a player like Tamori available for 4.5 or 4.7 as he is now, that's a three, nearly a three million, what am I saying, what, two and a half, 2.5 million saving on uh, the likes of Abraham and, and Alexander, Abraham, Alexander Arnold and Robertson. Um so, yeah, it depends how you're going to do it. So then you're getting like five extra clean sheets, if we're looking at last season's data, five extra clean sheets for 2.5 million more. And then you've got to think, well, okay, fine, just get both Tamori and double Liverpool defence. But then you look at Leicester this year, there's value there. They look like they're going to get a decent number of clean sheets. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, you've got to be flexible because it can pay off having the big hitters. Mm, food for thought, indeed. Um, no doubt will probably come and bite me on the bum. But hey, that's football. Uh, I'm, but I'm making all the decisions this week uh, <laughs> because uh, everyone's in Orlando for some strange reason. So yeah, um, well, we now have, right, we are now at 503 points in total. So we've risen again. This is, going, well. this is, this is going quite joint, this. Uh, mm. We've now risen from 233,843 to 175,915,000 overall. I'm quite happy with that. Quite happy with that. Yeah. I take I think, that, as they say. I think at this point, I think what's also strange about this season is so many teams, are the ranks are so close. There's not a lot of, still not a huge amount of point separation between the ranks, especially compared to other seasons. So, um, so there's still, so yes, to be in the position you're in at the moment is very good because you can still move up the ranks very quickly. Yeah, you just got to stay in touch, haven't you? 
Absolutely, yeah. Hey, how about this though? Seven hundred forty seventh in the Crystal Palace League. <laughs> Don't know who that. And number one, number one, Will in the official Ultimate Fantasy Podcast League. Yeah, and we're now up to nine teams. It's growing. It's this growing. Is, honestly. <laughs> Does this mean we've got more than nine listeners? That's incredible. Yes, I know. Yes. So <laughs> if you are, if there's an extra listener out there, please join our league. The code is in the episode blurb. Or if you're good at, get a pen now. It's PSDBV4. PSDBV4. Come join us. Come, come to the party. It's a fun party. Um, the highest scoring FPL manager for game week nine. Uh, congratulations, Rons Lamotte. I'm saying that all wrong. Of the Netherlands, whose team Damach amassed 98 points. Yeah, 98 points. Eh? He or she got those points by captaining De Silva, uh, Pickford, Harvey Barnes, who got massively lucky, Matt Target, Jack Grealish, Vardy and Rashford, and made zero transfers. And the result, they're now up to 725,629. The top FBI manager overall, congratulations still to ex-Liverpool and Bristol Rovers midfielder Nick Tanner who remains top of the table after securing 46 points, giving him a total of 633. Interesting enough, Will, he traded out Sterling last week. That was big. And there's no KDB or Mane in his team. Hmm. But guess who's hot on his heels with 615 points? Can you guess, Will? Can you guess? Uh now you frequently talk about an Egyptian. Could it be an Egyptian? Who's no, pretty, no, no, no. Oh. It's every, come on, everyone knows this. It's Kurt Yonkers of South of Africa with his team, Mandy. <laughs> great. Yeah. I so, like the film. It's the film. Yeah, it's great. Why, why, why wouldn't you? Uh, let's talk team names then. I found some good yes. team names. Right. Um, I've got Real Mad. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Laurie. I thought that's all right. That's all right, yeah. Uh, Pookie Blinders. Yeah, very good. Danny Harwood. Um, uh, Deanie in a Bottle. Yes. <laughs> Jonas Beck, well done. Have that's you good. got one? I've got, a, I've got a couple, actually. I've oh, got go on in. Digestive Busquets. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like this one. And this one, you'll have to... Have you got Matt on later on? Bowstring. Yes. Great, you'll have to get him to say this one. It's a guy in uh, 23rd place overall. His team is Whale Oil Beef Hooked. But it only works <laughs> if you say it. Only works if you say it in an Irish accent. Well, I'm sure um I'm sure he can do that for us, no problem. He'll uh, it's means something completely different when you say it in an Irish accent. <laughs> completely different. Uh, um, and I hope it's suitable for for live radio. Absolutely. Everything always is. It's fair right. game, as Good. we say, or something like that. Uh, right, that's the end of FPL discussion. Um, we'll be discussing the change for game week 10 and part three. Uh, right now, though, it's time to talk draft fantasy. <laughs> right, the draft fantasy, well, it's just just me and our league on the, on the line today, isn't it? Nathan's not here. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Will, Nathan got done again. That's probably why he's on his uh, sabbatical. <laughs> uh, this time, 52 to 35... Although, to be fair, 52 was the second highest score in our 12-man league. Nate's defence massively let him down, but only amassing nine points. It's all about the defence. I thankfully got it right this week. I beat Tommy Gunn, 47-22, despite leaving Decor in the bench, as I said. Uh, Rico, Hudson, Adoy, Vardy, Richarlison doing the business uh, for me. Uh, I'm quite happy with that. Up to fourth. 
The secret journalists lost to a Sheffield United clean sheet. Ooh, that's got to hurt. Always hurts when Arsenal do you over, isn't it? Oh, oh, he's still on the table. Nathan's third bottom, and dear, oh dear. Next week he's got Moon, who has a whole army of players who picks up tackle bonuses like Conte and stuff. Uh, and he's got the number one striker in the Premier League. That's right, Danny Ings. <laughs> yeah, and Harry Kane, but you know he's not <laughs> doing too well at the moment, is he? Uh, I'm heading off uh, <laughs> against uh, Minging Phil, different Phil, who has Tammy and Milivojevic, but I'm feeling good. As I'm bringing Decore back into the fold, he's going to get a hat-trick, obviously, and hopefully Doherty will start against Newcastle and Ricardo is doing assist. Which players are you facing this week? Well, um, I have... I am facing... Well, uh, let me talk about my last week first. Sorry, Alfie, you through there. Because I was already to tell you about my incredible victory over the guy. I'm bottom of one of my draft leagues and I beat the guy who's top. Um, I had Alonso and David Silva in my team. So quite frankly, he didn't stand a chance. Uh, And I handed (laughs) him his uh, only second defeat of the season. So I'm very pleased about that. Um, And then in my classic league, I had players like Rashford, James, Jesus, Iwobi, Mendy, Edison. So, you know, I had points there, moved up to third. Uh, And unfortunately, only in one of my draft leagues did I basically have no one at all. Uh, And I got 19 points and was beaten by by anyone who just had 11 players who got two points. Um, So that didn't go so well. Next week, I am facing, I'm facing someone particularly good in one Mm. of my draft leagues. He's got Wilson Abraham, Hudson Adoy, Robertson Tamori. I'm not confident in that one, mm. but um, we shall see. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Uh, and in the other one, I've, I yes, my opponent has Danny Ings and Iwobi and not a lot else. So um, who knows? Hopefully fancy I might get that, that one. You? I fancy, fancy that one. Yeah. I look at the fixtures that I say that's about fair. And that's the end of part one. Don't go anywhere in part two. I'll be speaking to Tommy Gunn. The uh, burn core failed him miserably. Um, also in the tactics truck, I have FPL veteran Matt, a.k.a. Bowstring the Carp. He'll be answering your questions. Welcome to part two. Right now, let's go speak to Tommy Gunn. Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. How are you, mate? Alfie, yes. How's it going, man? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Um, Well, 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 well. We headed off in the draft league and uh, embarrassingly, I beat you, mate. I beat you. Um, it was it was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? It was a twenty two to forty seven scoreline. Twenty two forty seven. I'm looking at it now. I think I scored. That was the lowest points haul total of the week of our in our league. Yeah. Um, and mainly because the burn core failed. Well, the burn core failed, and everybody else failed. I don't think a single one of my players scored a goal. So that's not good. Um, they just we're on half term this week and I think everybody was just on the beach some of my midfielders sort of did some tackling Pepe did some tackling returned me four points yeah uh, which is definitely worth 73 million quid 
Yes, um, definitely. I mean, he's he's very. It's becoming very painful to watch. Um, but you, he, like you said, he's getting into some tackles for you. And actually, I was looking at his scores on draft, and he's he's not. He's actually doing okay. He's doing he's doing okay. He just needs to convert something. I mean, Burnley are at home this weekend, and I will persist with my back three as they are. Chelsea are visiting. High scoring, high flying mm. Chelsea. So, I think the Chelsea at the beginning of the season would have been a different story. Whereas they're looking a lot more settled and a lot just better all of a sudden. Have the wheels fallen off? Have the well, wheels fallen off? The wheels haven't. I don't know if they were ever really on. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I, I wish you good luck, Tommy Gunn. Um, Thanks, mate. For next week, I really do hope you pull off a result. Um, but I'm, I'm waiting for a master plan to emerge at some point. <laughs> You know, I'm in touch with the pack, which is all that can be really said at the moment. So uh, I'm just going to stick with that. Wait for the wheels to fall off other teams. I think that's the answer. <laughs> just keep, keep plodding along and wait for other people to um, fall apart. Sounds like a master plan to me. Good luck then, Tommy Garn. We'll speak to you again right soon. Then. Yep. Cheers, mate. Love your stuff. That was Tommy Garn. Yes, talking about his draft fantasy. Uh, nonsense, as it were. Uh, but let's swing straight now into the tactics truck uh, and talk FPL and general fantasy football with Matt, aka Bowstring the Carp. Tactics truck, tactics truck, I got a truck, it's full of tactics, it brings me luck in your son, because you don't have a tactics truck. Hello, Matt, aka Bowstring the Carp, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How was your FPL game week? Um, 31. Mate, it doesn't, you meant to lie about these things. It doesn't come across too well yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> Although, to be fair, it's just below the average. So it's not as bad as it seems. I went, I went to help with the transfer I was talking about last week. Uh, now, sadly, it didn't pay off. But Which one was uh, that again? Uh, I did Aguero to Tammy Abraham and Catholic. Oh, yeah, yeah. The captain. Aguero didn't play, which was part of my logic in the transfer. I mean, I don't know who I wouldn't have ca- who I would have captained if I hadn't have brought in Tammy. Maybe, maybe Salah. I don't know. Something. Either way, all my all my other picks blank, so it wouldn't have made a difference. How are you feeling about Tammy and Chelsea against the Burnley men? Um, I think Chelsea will score. Uh, see how it goes Thursday if Tammy starts and he gets many minutes. I'm I'm hoping rotation doesn't kick in. A lot of people these days are looking for, I say these days, this week, are looking for cheaper defensive options. Um, has anything caught your eye? Yeah, um, I know a lot, a lot of people probably won't agree, but um, I kind of like the look of Watford's upcoming fixtures. And, you know, I certainly think they've improved their defensive stats in maybe the last couple of games. I know a lot of people looking at their recent stats um It'll kind of be skewed by the Arsenal and Man City game where they were just atrocious. They conceded 10 goals over mm. those two games and had a lot of chances conceded. But um, if you look um, to the last two games, they've, they've really tightened up. I mean, uh, against Sheffield, who we know is, you know, fair enough, aren't the best in attack. Against Spurs as well, they ca- caused an awful lot of problems for, for Tottenham. You know, it was a late goal from, from Tottenham that kind of denied a lot of clean sheets. But Except for one option, if you uh, were one of the lucky ones to own uh, Daryl Yanma, he was yeah. subbed off in the 70th minute, who got yeah. uh, a clean and three bonus points again. So yeah, he he got an assist, three bonus points, and a clean sheet, so 12 points, and he's only 4.3 million. Ooh, that's pretty so, cheap, isn't it? 
And Daryl Yamat's not owned by that many people, like a staggering 0.4% ownership, not even 1%. What's that like? Probably 12,000 people yeah. over the whole game. They're either genius or completely re- ridiculously stupid. So, or both. <laughs> it's a fine line, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if we look at his last two games, um, that's nine points and 12 points. So 21 points over the last two games. And, you know, I mean, they're at home against Bournemouth who, who failed to score in their last two games. Um, away to Arsenal and um, uh, at home against Norwich Mm. so you know two quite bad defences a lot of people wouldn't rate Arsenal's defence and Norwich's defence so you know it's quite a good time to be playing uh, at home against Bournemouth I think Mm, indeed indeed food for thought food for thought Uh, thanks for joining us again Matt uh, and giving us your insight as always we'll speak to you again next week thanks Alfie Tatsy's truck, Tatsy's truck, I got a truck, it's full of tactics that brings me luck and you will suck, cause you don't have a Tatsy's truck. That was Tatsy's truck with FPL veteran Matt, aka Bowstring the Carp. Uh, if you want to hear more from Matt, you can look at the episode blurb, his Twitter info is there also you can contact us to speak to him directly at ultimate f pod right that's the end of part two don't go anywhere in part three or oh, it gets really exciting we've got the upcoming game week fixtures of game week 10 and uh, we'll be listening to content creator fpl nymphra and we'll be picking our fpl team this is ground control to ultimate fantasy podcast jump they say jump david can you get my shoes for me Welcome to part three. Let's look at the upcoming game week fixtures for game week 10. Friday, the 25th of October, Southampton play Leicester City on Friday Night Football FNF. Saturday, 26th of October, Man City against Villa, Brighton against Everton, Watford against Bournemouth, West Ham against Sheffield United, Burnley against Chelsea in the evening kickoff. And on Sunday, there's four fixtures Newcastle against Wolves, Arsenal against Palace, Liverpool against Tottenham, and Norwich against Manchester United. It's four, it's three, four, 30 kickoffs there. That is unnecessary. Okay, let's talk about the fixtures that catch your eye. Will, i tell you what I saw. I saw Watford versus Bournemouth. Uh, now, last season, there was 10 goals between these two clubs. That was a 4-0 away win for Bournemouth in October. Uh, then in January, at the Vitality, it was a 3-3 draw. In the previous four fixtures, there have been three 2-2 draws. So there could be goals there. And Josh King likes a goal against Watford. Five in his last six appearances against them. Although Solanke started ahead of him against Norwich. So here's the big question. Are you going to go big on Bournemouth again? I'm going to stick with my Bournemouth pair for the moment. I'm not going to shift them just yet. Although I am not optimistic. Watford look much more solid defensively. Um, their new managers come in and, and trying to tighten them up. And they, as, as I say, they deserve to beat Spurs and they were, they were very good at the back. So no, I'm not optimistic. I don't think it's going to be four nil or three, three. Uh, I'm just hoping Wilson can get a goal. Just one nil for you. One nil. will do anything. Just, just anything. Just a crumb. <laughs> Give me a crumb. <laughs> um, Another one that might interest you is Brighton versus Everton. The last time Brighton lost to Everton at home was 1983. Uh, they defeated Everton 1-0 at the Amex in December. And Everton have only scored one goal away from home this season. I mean, this has got a 1-0 written all over it, right? 
I think Everton did look a lot better at the weekend. I liked, they've had a lot of pace uh, with Walcott, Iwobi, Richarlison all playing and Bernard doing very well with a bit of trickery. Um, I think they're well set up, but Brighton have looked so strong at home. You know, they've got this new manager who's got them playing a really good style of football. I think that's an exciting game to watch. That would be a really good one. Mm. Uh, almost as good as Burnley versus Chelsea. This one's interesting because you've got the young Chelsea side against hardened Burnley people. Uh, in the yes. past six fixtures, these teams have scored 21 goals. Nine of those have come at Turf Moor. So Chelsea spanked the Clouds 4-0 at Turf Moor in October. And they've also racked up uh, 12 goals away from home so far this season, but have conceded nine. And Burnley, 50% of their goals scored have been at home, conceding only three. And they conceded those three in one game against Liverpool. And they've kept a a clean sheet in the other three fixtures. So what do we think of this? I mean, are Chelsea strong enough to break that Burnley core? Yes, they definitely are. Um, They were, I mean, we should point out how unlucky Abraham owners were at the weekend. He had something like four shots inside the box and two uh, big chances, but opted to consider big chances. Um, So he was unlucky not to score. And they're they're playing well. You know, they've got this thrust about them at the moment, Chelsea. Lampard's doing much better than than anyone expected. So, yes, absolutely, they can score. Hmm. Well, uh, we've got Tammy in our FPL team, so... There you go. Um, we might as well talk about Liverpool Spurs and Will, as you're here. Uh, Liverpool Spurs, the last four fixtures at Anfield between these two have been 1-1, 2-0 Liverpool, 2-2, 2-1 Liverpool, which means there's a 1-1 draw on the horizon. You're obviously at the uh, game last night at the Red Star Belgrade. Happy days for you. Happy days. We finally played a team who didn't just come to defend. Um, the Premier League team seem to have worked out that that's the way you play Spurs, is you sit deep uh, and they'll struggle to break you down. Red Star didn't. Red Star came out, they gave gave us space to play in and we showed what we can play. Son was outstanding. Lamella was outstanding. Ali had a good game. Uh, Kane had a good game. What's kind of interesting about Spurs is I wonder if they will be the kind of team that will perform better against the big teams. Um, you remember a couple of years ago, we had that mm. big victory against Liverpool at Wembley. And I'm not, mm. you know, kind of ended Lovren's career, really. Um, I don't think the same is going to happen, but I do think it will be a more open game. And I think that will suit uh, the Tottenham players, especially players like Son, who are just so rapid and uh, such good finishing skill. Mm, there was some lovely uh, finishes last night, wasn't there? Yeah. I, I really loved the uh, the Son second one with that left foot placement. Just yes. past the keeper. And Kane's second goal. Was it his second goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he Great just, finish. Uh, everyone was there, like, yeah. was, everyone's busy playing football. And he just thought, do you know what? I'm just going to put the ball in that net over there. Yeah. That's what I'm just going to just put it in. Brilliant. That was great, wasn't it? Mm. So I imagine Liverpool will defend a bit better, but I don't think there'll be a block to break down. And I think that's what will suit Spurs. So what are you going with then? Uh, shall I be brave? I'm going to go with 2-2. Uh, no, I'm going 1-1. All right. <laughs> Either way, that's a good result for you guys. I think if we can get something out of the game, it'll be positive. I think we need to get a result. I think, you know, a draw um, would count as a result for Spurs. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, especially away. Mm, Mm. Sure. Okay, uh, let's go listen now to FPL content creator, FPL Nymphra, who has the trending transfers. In terms of 
terms of the goalkeepers, the trend in transfers in this week is looking much the same as last week, with over 18,000 FPL managers plumping for Ryan ahead of game week 10. However, it will be between Ryan and Patricio, it seems, for who will be the trendiest. In defence, managers have had enough of City defence, with Walker, Otamendi and Sinchenko all fighting it out as the most transferred defender out this week. Managers are turning to Chelsea and Leicester defence to replace their City players. Pereira's had over 24,000 transfers in already and Alonso is making a charge with over 16,000 plus of you taking a pun on this blast from the past. In midfield there's only one man making waves this game week since returning from injury and that's KDB with over 89,000 of you transferring in the City man already. Another player returning from injury is also getting quite trendy. Hudson Odoi has been bought by over 41,000 managers. On the flip side of the transfers, managers have lost patience with Sonny with over 69,000 of you already selling him on. Up front, managers are looking to a Vardy party to help aid their teams in game week 10, with 69,000 managers getting aboard the Leicester man already. Aubameyang is also still quite trendy with over 37,000 of you transferring in the Arsenal man. And Jimenez is also making a late break for it. There's no surprises in the transfers out however, with Pookie and Kane being ousted from FPL managers teams. That was FPL Nymphra. You can hear more from her on her YouTube page. You can uh, click on that via the link in our episode blurb. Do go and listen to some more. She's got some good stuff for you. Uh, now we're going to look at the FPL team, our podcast FPL team, um, which is just me. I've been left, left at the table, as it were. Now, Will, so this is what I'm thinking, right? So this is the setup. Okay. Uh, we got. We had one million to spend with two transfers available, uh, with the other two on holiday. I've decided to go crazy. All right. Okay. Uh, so first of all, what I did, I shipped uh, shipped out Schmeichel five million. Get rid of him. Uh, why? No, don't do that. Yeah, I've done it and got got in Roberto West Ham. And I'll tell you why. He's four point four million. Save a bit of money. We already have Ricardo in our defence. Leicester don't keep that many clean sheets at the moment. Leicester are starting a fantastic. Fantastic run. That's a very bad decision. So, mate, I good. I'm a maverick renegade. What can I say? <laughs> West Ham at home to Sheffield United. Sheffield United won't score there, uh, and that gave us an extra 0.6 million in the bank, which gave us 1.6 million in the bank, which allowed me to swap out McGinn for Mason Mount. Hmm. See, that was good because okay. Villa have got Man City and then Liverpool. I think they don't get much from that in terms of FPL point return. This uh, McGinn what was wrong? too much. What was wrong with Hudson at This is the thing. So I clicked it and I confirmed it because I was like, I'm being decisive. And I was like, oh, I should have gone for Hudson Adoy, six million. Yeah. Yeah, it was a mistake. That was my mistake right there. So you, you've actually done this already? Yeah, I've done it. Oh, yeah. Alfie. <laughs> I was so annoyed. Hudson Adoy is my boy. He's my boy in draft. And I was just yeah. like, why didn't I just think of him? He's only six million. Yeah, he's great. Mount is 6.8. I just don't yeah. understand and it. And then you could have kept Smeichel. Yeah, quite For Leicester's great run. Yeah, quite And possibly. still had a free transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's football. Well, look, I just don't tell the others because when they get back from Orlando, I don't think they're going to be very happy. Yeah, with you. but don't worry about it. That No one's going to. It's not like I'm recording this. Oh, wait a minute. Good. 
Anyway, it's done now. It's done. Good, good luck. Are you, are you making any crazy decisions next week? The short answer is probably no. The long answer is I was considering a few moves. I'm looking at Manchester City and Chelsea players. I've already got a triple up on the Manchester City attack. They have taken, as a team, 188 shots uh, compared to their closest rivals in this uh, table are Chelsea with 149. So Manchester City and Chelsea, the top two teams for taking shots um, over the season so far. So I thought, well, why not go for an attacking City triple-up and an attacking Chelsea triple-up? Now, this would be slightly nuts, but I would get rid of Tomori and Son and bring in Alexander-Arnold and Hudson-Odoi, which would give me Hudson-Odoi, Mount and Abraham to go mm. with my City trio of Sterling, De Bruyne and Aguero. That's but I thought tasty. about this. It's tasty. And I thought about it. And then I thought, well, there are other options, Will. You don't have to get rid of Son. I think having watched Son last night, I'm now thinking, well, he may get a goal against Liverpool. Spurs were looking good. Let's, um, let's you know, keep the faith a bit. So I'm now thinking what I'll probably do is just hold a transfer, which will be much less exciting. Um, and the other players I'm looking at are uh, Leicester players. So Vardy and Madison. If I'd, I could have done something really bonkers, I could have done those two moves I talked about and done Wilson to Vardy as well. Who knows? I feel kind of saving a transfer will give me a bit more flexibility to to make some changes next week and possibly bring in Vardy because I think I quite like Vardy for Leicester's run. Mm, just a bit annoyed, um, the hudson Adoy thing with me. That was so quick and so decisive. I might have made yeah. a boo-boo. <laughs> Hey, that's football. We move on. Um, speaking of move on, we are going to move on now. Uh, that's the end of part three. Uh, that's going now to part four. And in part four, we'll have the answer to the quiz question. Uh, more importantly, it's the clean sheet forecasts and notable players. Welcome to part four. Now we're going to do the quiz question. The answer to the quiz question. I asked Will here. There are currently three managers in the Premier League age 52. I wanted him to name them. Will, go. The one I'm going to go for first is Klopp. Yes. Uh, then I get a bit stuck. <laughs> I mean, yes, Hodgson's too old. Yeah. Um... Come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, oh, wait a minute. The, if Klopp's 52, that probably means the uh, the Alpine Klopp's 52 as well. Yes, Ralph Hasenhutl. Ralph yes. Hasenhutl. Uh, so there's one more. One more, um, one more, one more. Uh, Emery. No, no, he's English. He's English? Northern. Emery's not English. What are you about? He's Spanish. No. <laughs> the manager is Northern. Uh, Good at beating uh, Arsenal. Could it be Arsenal? Oh, great. That must be um, the Sheffield United manager whose name's just completely got out of my ah, The pressure. On, I'm Chris, not good under pressure, Alfie. Chris. Alfie. Alfie. Chris. Chris. Embarrassing. Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder. That's it. Yeah. Never mind, mate. Hey, let's move on now to clean sheet forecasts. That's more our thing. Newcastle versus Wolves. Now... Wolves uh, and Newcastle. Five goals in the two fixtures last season. It's 2-1 to Wolves at St. James's, and it was a one-more draw of Molyneux. Newcastle have only scored two goals at home this season, 
Uh, but on the plus side, they've only conceded two goals at home. So there you go. That could be a nice nil-nil or one-nil. Uh, Arsenal versus Palace. If you're looking for clean sheets, then this fixture is not the fixture for you. 24 goals in the last six meetings between these two. 12 of them coming at the Emirates. Palace beat the Gunners 3-2 at the Emirates in April. In fact, Arsenal have yet to defeat the Eagles under Unai Emery. Uh, so my clean sheet forecast for this week. I'm going to go West Ham. Man United. Man City. Brighton. And I was toying with a nil-nil draw, Newcastle Wolves, but I'm just going to go for Wolves 1-0. So Wolves. West Ham, Man United, Man City, Brian and Wolves. Will, clean sheet forecast. City, Wolves, Newcastle uh, and Manchester United. Oh, yeah. Tight. So, yeah. Tight indeed. Tighter than that's chuff. Okay. Notable players now. Oh, my dirty bargain bin tips. My dirty bargain bin tips. Uh, for those playing with tackle bonuses, Ollie Norwood of Sheffield United. Hmm. Coming to my radar. He got six TIs in his last game against Arsenal, but he's also integral to their attacking play. So if they score, if they score, there's a chance he could be involved. Uh, West Ham reserve goalkeeper. Uh, what's his name Roberto is that his name the one I picked up is cheap and could be worth a punt at 4.4 million uh, imagine he's also kicking around in most draft bins Hudson and Doy who we've discussed 6 million it's ridiculous it's only about like 2.3% ownership as well uh, Gundogan is another interesting one uh, I'm sure he's available in a lot of draft leagues and stuff uh, on FPL is 5.2 million it's dropped but with Rodri and Fernandinho dropping back defence it seems Gundogan is locked into that midfield. Six goals last season, and he's played a full 90 minutes in the last three Premier League games. Um, fan tracks, uh, this information provided, of course, by the wonderful fantasy football chaps. They've uh, picked three players for us, three under-the-radar picks. In defence, they've gone for Matt Target, although Aston Villa do face off against uh, some top teams the next two weeks. Uh, midfield, uh, they've gone for John Fleck of Sheffield United. And up front, Alan Sen Maximin, Maximan, whatever his name is, the Max. Uh, he's he looks tasty when you watch him on TV. Um, if you want to hear more from the fantasy football chaps and read more about fan tracks, you can click on their link in the episode blurb. Everyone loves the episode blurb. Will, uh, have you got any notable players you had your eye on? Yeah, I think this is another one for the Man City players. So top of my um, top of the expected goals. This is data that I'm getting from the Fantasy Football Scout website. Mm. Uh, are Aguero and Sterling? Uh, Aguero has 6.14 expected goals and has scored eight. Sterling has 5.85 and has scored six. Um, they are the top two players for expected goals this season. They face an Aston Villa defence and no team has conceded more shots. They've conceded 162 shots. Aston Villa have? Aston Villa have. Wow. Uh, Norwich are second, having conceded 154. So you're, you're, you're talking about two players who are expected to score goals and will get chances against a team who concede a lot of shots. So notable players, City players. Yeah, so City yeah. players like shooting and Aston Villa's players like having shooting at them. That's basically the, the sum total of it. <laughs> right, that's it from us. Um, we'll be back next week. I think the Secret Journalist is back next week. Um, Nathan will still be away. But that's fine. That happens. Uh, mm. So many thanks. A big thanks, actually, to Top Marks, a.k.a. Will. Thank you, Will. You're very welcome. 
thank you for having me, Alfie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for stepping in, saving stuff. Um, also, big thanks to Tommy Gunn, Bowstring the Carp, aka Matt, FPL Nymphra, and to the Fantasy Football Chaps. If you need to and you want to, you know, you can just contact us at the Ultimate F Pod on Twitter. Uh, in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Enjoy Game Week 10. We'll see you the other side. Bye. The ultimate fantasy podcast. And it's live.